They say we sick with it, you better wear a mask. They say we're moving towards the top, but we work like we're trash. I mean, these conversations happening, you shouldn't have asked. We're the winners of the future, not a slave to the past. You said we never, ever make it, and I'm saying you lied. Tune in every Monday, press play, share, and subscribe. Your invoice has been processed. Bring me my money, don't hide. Don't play with me, I'm kingdom and I'm outside. Hey, you, I see you over there. You just got your STEMI check. You thinking about going to get some crab legs. And I'm not telling you. I am not here to tell you at all that that is a bad idea. What I am here to tell you is that on your coffee counter is a half empty bag of coffee. And let me tell you right here and right now, you actually do not have to live that way. All right. You can subscribe to your favorite bag of coffee, whether it's Daily Grind, OG, Shot Caller, Buana, or overly dedicated coffee, all from Hustle Blends Coffee. You can subscribe today and you can get the same bag or a different bag every single month at your doorstep right before your guests come over and see that your bag of coffee is almost empty. I'm just saying. I'm just here to help. Anyway, go ahead and do that at www.hustleblends.com. Subscribe today. Let's start the show. We're back. But did we ever leave? No, we never left. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. How are y'all doing today? Welcome back to the Million Dollar Conversations podcast. I did have some heat that I wrote down because Mm. I know that... um, I know that Tweety uh, usually does not expect, um, you know, <laughs> the heat that I carry. I, I really am serious when okay. I tell people that I am a rapper. Um, that, oh, you that have I, a freestyle for us. I don't. I just have a, a little. Freezy. I honestly just have something, um, and I, <laughs> I try to. I, I am being polite enough instead of just going in and just you know like like you know blowing smoke on the mic. Um, and I'm just giving you a fair warning, so I'm here to do it like this. <clears throat> oh, a battle rapper. I'm sharp like cheddar. Please give me some, some ad libs. Okay, I didn't know that you okay. needed Okay, uh, all right, let's start again. Okay. okay. All right, um, I'm sharp like cheddar. Uh, sour like amaretta. Eh. Some t- and some Tommy like Texas weather. Oh, you know it. It's your favorite rich auntie, but it's mother to you. Mother! Mother. <laughs> I like that. That's it. That's cute. Uh-huh. I, I already know. I, I know. I, I come with the heat. Go it's, ahead. It's very cute. Go ahead, Tweety. Give me so something. So you're going to hit me blindsided? You know, I'm going to forfeit. You want? Oh, okay. I, for right now. It's Master P. It is. Uh, it, it, this is about masturbating. Look, man, I gave you your title. Just take it and, and just keep going. All right? You won. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Million Dollar Conversations Podcast. We're so happy that you tuned in. Real quick, before you even get any clo- deeper into this podcast, we want to make sure that you are going and subscribing and liking and actually commenting, reviewing our podcast. Please make sure that you are sharing this with your homegirl, mm-hmm. that you are sharing this with that person who is really upset about life because they, they, they had to start commuting back to work while you still working at home. All right. So on that long commute to work, they really need something to listen to. We need you to share it with that person. We need you to share it with your granny them because your granny just got a new iPhone with her STEMI. And we need her to also listen to the podcast. Attention all all essentials. This podcast is for you and you and you and your mama and your grandma and your grandpa. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Get the elders hooked up. They they, they woke. I promise you. All the elders by now have been well trained in Facebook. Mm. I don't know who is doing the Facebook training for the elders. But they they, they know how to do all things on Facebook. It take them a while, but they'll get to it. Like, my mama knows how to, like, post, like, GIFs (laughs) as comments. I don't know how to do that. Very impressive. I mean, it's extremely impressive. They know how to. They show know how to add the borders to their profile picture. I'm still wearing my mask. (laughs) (laughs) you should as you should all right um here in the great state of texas uh brother abbott all right we're gonna be respectful rolling with abbott 
<laughs> we are gonna be respectful. Brother <laughs> Abbott um, has issued um, it's not a mandate, but he just took down the mask mandate and said, "Hey, go out here be and, you free. Know, and be free. Go out here and taste the the air." Um, and I have not tasted the air freely in a long time, so this has sent a lot of people into a panic. But what I do have to say is that for most of the places that we've been, we've been seeing a lot of people who still have on their masks, who are still taking this seemingly seriously. But also, a lot of people are outside. A part of me is like, I love seeing kids play outside. Right. Like, I love seeing that. I love seeing kids play outside. I love seeing people play at the park. I remember when the parks were closed down this time last they year. They took down the hoops, you remember man. That? Yeah, I remember. You remember when it had caution tape around the slides and the swings? It broke my heart. So, I part of me is like oh my gosh like this is kind of normal another part of me is like oh my gosh people are still getting sick but you know that's just where we at right now right and it's okay to be in a I don't know place and right now it's definitely a I don't know what's about to happen next but I'm gonna put this mask on and go about my business it's our quarantine anniversary, so we're gonna start off the podcast a little shum 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 now, this is your first time tuning into the podcast guess what this is how we start off our podcast with just a little warm up here so you get to know a little something more about us and also it usually um, acts as a sentence stem of sorts or an open ended question if you will oh, wow. sorry I'm a teacher and we're doing a lot of star training um, <laughs> I, might, I might need that training right now. <laughs> and um, with with someone that you're close to, or someone that you love, or someone that you like to converse to, remember we have million dollar conversations with each other. That way, uh, we also encourage other people to have million dollar conversations with other people. So, what we're going to talk about today is three love languages. Three love languages that we deeply value in our relationships with people. So we're not just talking about our romantic relationships that we share with one another, but our actual like relationships with people. What is something someone can do for you that is like an automatic, oh my gosh, you hit the spot? Okay. I think for me, the first one will be acts of service. Okay. Uh, so give me an example. So of it's like, oh man, I, you knew that I had to... I mean, I don't have too many people around me on a daily. So I'm gonna use you as an example. Like, I I was about to do the laundry, but you thought ahead of me and you started the laundry for me, or uh, you knew that I needed something and you went ahead and you know that that's gift, I guess. But just thinking ahead and doing something that I was about to do and not feeling like it has to be like rewarded by me doing anything else for you. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to say one of my love languages, something that someone can do for me. If you let me quote unquote borrow a book because I am trifling and I probably won't return it. Um, and so long as you know that, and I know that I think we're okay. But if you let me borrow a book that you think that I should read, um, that is a love language for me. That is like something very sweet and um, very, very like it, it touches a part of my, my soul. Um, and I love that. So if you ever let me borrow a book that you're like, man, I think you'd really like this. I think this is really dope. I think this is up your alley and you do not expect it back. I think that is so kind. Okay. The next one is not an extension of the truth. And I'm going I'm to phrase that first, but it's what I would like to think I I take in as like a you know a love language mm-hmm. it's being thought of mm-hmm. and I guess getting that phone call like hey man you know I thought of you blah 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 Aww. but in the same tone like that's only extended to a few yeah <laughs> it's not for so everybody so do you prefer it in a text message yes <laughs> <laughs> I take text messages yes I love like the random phone calls that yeah. I do get from time to time from um, my friends or family or people I haven't heard or talked to in a while. And it really don't be about nothing. Yeah. Like, it's no agenda behind it. It's no nothing. It's just, hey, I thought about you. How you doing? How's everything? You know, it feels good to to get those texts. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, did I say texts? Texts. It's fine. fine. um, Instead of phone calls. Phone calls, like, I'm some Tommy. You know, Tweety, I I appreciate you because I think you're actually delving into the pool of love languages that um, I should probably be delving into. But what I am going to say next 
I think there's just a certain breed of people who understand and a mm-hmm. certain breed of people who do not understand. Okay. And I'm going to say a love language of mine is shrink-wrapped plastic silverware. Um, and I even with the salt and pepper included or not included, it means a lot to me. It is a love language of mine. Every time I go somewhere and somebody has shrink-wrapped plastic silverware with the fork, the spoon, and the knife in it, not the spork, but the fork, the spoon, and the knife with the napkin and the salt and pepper packets, it's it's, up, it's upscale. It's up. It's something. Oh, it's, it's, it's something I okay. appreciate, and I want you to know that before I leave the establishment, I'm going to take at least twenty of them and put them in my you know, purse. Now that you mention that, I appreciate the places with mints. The the oh, places who think about your breath after you leave. Mints. Yeah. The Chick-fil-A mints. Well, they've been some timey with they they hide theirs now. Cause... Certain locations. All locations are not created equal. Right. Yeah. Oh but but when you were thinking about my breath after I ate your little burger or your onions, yeah. w- w- whatever we just ate, and you're like, you know what? You need some mints. Mm. Don't offend everybody and say you came here. Mm. I like that. That's really I like sweet. when restaurants do that. That's really thoughtful. It is. I love that. I'm, I'm here for that. All right. What's yours? Uh, my next love language, uh, I'm going to stick to... I'm going to go away from, you know, the friend and I'm going to go into like more love, love, me and you. Mm. I love, I love physical touch, but it has to be like, and it has to be in in a way where it's like, you know, there's times you're like, oh, you know, you're cute and you'll touch me. I'm you like, I, you? yeah, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not 18. Like I'm, I'm, I'm heading towards the thirties, the dirty thirties. Like, you know, mm. So just I don't know how else to say it, but like when when it's grown and intimate, you know what I'm saying? Oh, oh wow! <laughs> uh, so you're you're giving a public complaint? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's like when you're like I'm not cute anymore. I'm handsome. I'm not, you know. Oh man, that's you know that's nice. No, I'm like oh that's you know, or it's more like oh man, you fine. Like it, the, it has to evolve. Mm, okay. And I think sometimes you you stay with the cute so long. I'm like, I, I know I'm cute. I'm I past that. I definitely caught you fine earlier. I appreciated that. I definitely I took did. it in. I yeah. took it in. But I'm saying it like, was met with silence. No, I, I chuckled me. after you thanked me. I chuckled. It was, no, you're missing it. See, uh-huh. no, it's fine. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> I have to say, I a love language of mine is anytime I am wanting to do business with someone or wanting to book a service um, with the business and there is a smooth like point of sale like there's a smooth like I get on there I do what I gotta do bada bing bada boom and it's done and this is like why that. Amazon will stay taking my coins have my have my card on file Don't have, if I gotta ever if it ever comes down to me having to get up out this bed and go find my cart, this I, that cart is going to be abandoned. But but <laughs> but let me tell you, keep my card on file. Have a reason for me to just just go ahead and press send. You got my address on file. You know where I'm at. You know how I like it. You know what I want. That's an act of service for me. And acts of service is one of my actual true love languages. That and words of affirmation. And it's affirming to me when it says your um your order is on the way. <laughs> That's yeah. it. You know what's affirming to me what? when. It says funds are on the way. Yeah, that <laughs> That's too. my love language. That's too. On the receiving end of that <laughs> yeah, too. My my love language is waking up to work that I did last year or two years ago. Oh yeah. That's an an act of love and service and all all of them combined. Oh yeah. All of that. So yeah, man, if you are a business and I'm trying to book you, I'm trying to get your services, I'm trying to come in on Tuesday or whatever, like also, also just a pet peeve, a pet peeve in the midst of that. I know this is not about pet peeves, but let's say I'm trying to get my hair did. All right. Now, every stylist, every black stylist under the moon right now is going to charge me a deposit to get my hair did. I, I almost expect it. How many times have you ever had to, now we're scaling into the business conversation, but how many times have you ever had to contact customer support or customer service for Amazon? If I had to. I did everything online and it was literally an email refund. Yeah. Everything was done without talking to a human. Right. 
which I have to say I just prefer. Like, that's it. And then, you know, anybody, anywhere else, I'm just saying Amazon is kind of killing it in every aspect of life, from groceries to watching movies to music. Actually, I've never tried Amazon Music, but I heard, you know, it's there to, to I mean, like, airplanes. It's, freaking airplanes now um to just ordering you know random breath mints in the middle of work you know like we're ordering headbands because your head is cold in Convenience the middle of the day is something that we all will pay for yeah because if you're making my day easier mm-hmm. guess what i will go with you over ebay I will go with you over Alibaba because my stuff is going to get here next year. True. true. <laughs> or whatever other site because you've built a reputation on one, your speed and your, um, your your approach to doing business. And so that also goes without saying that it's not that Amazon's not out here making mistakes or not accidentally, you know, dropping packages off at the wrong door or, you know, honestly, some janky Amazon workers out there who like first. I OK, I another complaint. I'm sorry. Complaining Patty today. But like <laughs> Amazon, if real quick, if you hear this, if you hear this from any device in my home, because I know all of my devices are tapped. Listen, why do y'all have your workers text me? call me and then knock on my door knowing doggone well like if i could see on the app that the package is coming at 10 p.m why are you knocking at my door i can explain why they're doing that how they're knocking on your door and taking a picture of your item because let me tell you why let me explain mm-hmm. their their rationale with business is that there have been some people who say they haven't received their package or nobody knocked at the door to get evidence on the package being there. So they'll say, I didn't receive my package. Give me my refund. And the Amazon driver has to cover their their behind. And the Amazon as a business also has to cover their behind. So they create extra protocols. But you can't prove that you knocked at my door. What you can do is show that you sent the pack that you sent the picture of the package, show that you called me, show that you texted me, hey, this is Alex from Amazon, your package has been dropped off. That is fine. That is proof enough. Why are you knocking at my door? Read the room. I, th- I think actually it's also another measure for thieves not to get your stuff. If you, they already know you're at home, guess what? You're going to come down and pick your package. There are some places where it's not as convenient as where we live to where you leave your package out there for more than an hour. It's the streets. I have to also thank Amazon in our area for actually hiding our packages. Like they actually put them like in the bushes or like behind our welcome sign. It's very, it, it's very efficient. So I don't, I don't 10 out of 10. Yeah, I don't think they created that system to annoy you. I think it's annoying to you and maybe some other people, but it's also a measure of you getting down there and get your stuff before it get got. That's fine. That's fine. So anyway, let's, this is what I want to talk about today, sweetie, all right? Because I know Amazon always gets their things. Amazon is going to make money rego- irregardless. Irregardless. All right, so let's talk a little bit about how hard we could be on small businesses. Do is It seems like sometimes we take the um, attitude we have towards the Amazons of the world and we apply it towards, you know, homegirl who's just getting her last business started up or... Um, somebody who's just getting their storefront started or anything like that why do why are we so hard on small businesses um do we feel like i i have personally been guilty of feeling like if you let's say you selling like these amazing potatoes actually no they don't even count let's say you're selling like shirts or like um mm-hmm. shoes or socks or just any type of apparel right. and um you post it and i think it's cute and i'm like hey i want to order one or whatever and you're like hey cash app zell you know paypal me whatever and i'm gonna be like so you ain't got no you know, like I, I guess I feel like again, this is my. I'm also the type of customer that's like, why can't I pay a deposit? Because I need to know that I'm getting my stuff. And so I also feel like if you have a website, there's a a form of tracking that I can do, or there's a customer support team that I can reach, or there's an email that I can email you at and at least get you know some conversation going about why I don't have my stuff. And so I know that people. When we all start out, we may not have all of our T's crossed, all of our I's dotted. But at the same time, I am one who's like, 
I'm not about to just cash up you for something that like like I'm not like why am I doing that? Well, one thing we got to realize that we all have the same information due to technology, but we all don't know how to apply it correctly. So I think that when so when when, when people are, um, I guess, lacking in something, it's easy for us to see it based on how small they are. Mm. So we use a magnifying glass to poke more holes on the other things that are not functioning mm. in that area mm. when we shouldn't when we should continue to uplift them and actually watch their growth. Absolutely. If somebody saw you from year if somebody saw Hustle Blends, the podcast or Renown from year one to where it is right now, they'll be like, Oh wow, you know, that really changed a lot. So it even makes me think about 20 years ago when a lot of businesses were not operating off of a website alone. Like there were businesses that were purely word of mouth. If you were the yard man for the entire neighborhood or the entire city, and you had other people in different parts of the city who were working under your umbrella mm-hmm. of, of being a yard man. Like that was a word of mouth. Call me and I'm going to come at three o'clock works. type of thing. And it was, it was a very like efficient process. You come, you do what you got to do. You dip. And so there was no criticism there because the job got done. Uh, word of mouth still works. A website gives you a sense of credibility, but you have to act upon the credibility. Mm-hmm. Like you can have the website, you can have um, the the services and everything in there, but your customer service towards the actual person who's bringing concern is trash. Like so, it, it, you know, I, I always say it like this: like if you're in, if you are in the startup phase and you don't have a website, have all the other things together. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Have the best experience that I've had, or be willing to grow in that direction. I, I think what frustrates me is the this is what I'm doing and it's working. So so back off with your your extra information. You know if this if if I am not using a website and I've been running this business for X amount of years and all of my customers know they can text me, they can call me, they can pull up at my house and they can get what they need. Um, and now all of us, you know, I don't really need a website. Then I'm gonna be like, all right. So but you could be doing so much. You could be doing double. You could be making double what you're currently making mm-hmm. by having a system that will create and make your job by easier. saving time and not having to talk to people. Right. Which, I, I, which I'm not advocating to say business owners should not converse with their clients or their customers. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that a lot of back and forth could be cut short, and just you could just get to providing them the service they need. Unless, of course, going back and forth is the service that you're providing. <laughs> then you know what I'm saying. Right. Uh, what I like to say is, and we both say it uh, a lot, and we got it from none other than the Master P, the true Master P. Oh, oh, uh, oh. <laughs> and he said that products, products don't, don't talk. talk. They don't. They don't. And, you know, I know that it went over a lot of people's head, but the truth of the matter is that your product is not going to talk mm-hmm. back to you. Mm-hmm. Your product is going to sell, mm-hmm. and you are going to do the service of promoting it marketing it and putting it in place to where people can see it. Mm. Um, so I think a lot of people fumble the bag or drop the bag because there's millions of people with websites. There's millions of people with functioning, running businesses, but nobody is going. Mm. You know, they, they yeah. there's so many loopholes between I launched to I'm not doing anything. Like, there's nobody coming. What's going on? And you start having the... The like the emoji from you know your phone toward there's just eyes and you're looking up and you're like yeah because there's two different extremes of people there are people who can have a fully functioning website but don't know how to go into a room full of people and, and actually get people to go to that website and then there's people who um know how to go into a room with nobody's business card nobody's anything just go in there and just be them and be their own business card don't have nobody's website but then go out there and collect some business based off of just putting their number in their phone 
um, there are those those breeds of people who are like, I could do this. You know, it don't matter. I could pop look, my trunk and sell it. Look, this is the thing. I believe that you have to know who you are mm-hmm. and you have to know the climate that we're in. Everything is evolving. There was a time where it was so special that you had a website. Like mm-hmm. people actually like would drop their jaws. Mm-hmm. There was a time where like having a business card was like you official now. Mm-hmm. There was a time where, you know, uh, having a uh, uh, a place where somebody could put in their card to pay was like the the it thing, mm. but we're evolving to where, you know, people are selling virtual art for millions of dollars. People are selling their their fifteen minute conversations for for thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like everything is going to a virtual world because yeah. over time they're saying, well, I'm for example just. It's not true, but it's just I'm throwing an example. I'm Kanye West. Mm-hmm. This 15 minute audio of me is going to be worth 10 million in 10 years. Yeah. So the value of things that are not material mm-hmm. has increased. Mm-hmm. So you have to go beyond providing just a website. You have to go and provide something that nobody else is doing. You have to innovate. I will say now, if the juice is worth the squeeze to me, if you are the potato man, if y'all don't know what the potato man is, let me go ahead and, and just, you know, I know we got some folks who listening who not in Texas. Listen, the potato man is this random dude. His name is probably D. It might not be actually D. may not legally be D, but we're going to call him D. All right? And so he's going to pull up in his car. He's going to have these, these overstuffed brisket sausage uh, just, just every that chicken, cheese, and then fifteen layers of meat type of potatoes in his car. He's gonna charge you about ten, fifteen dollars for a plate. All right, that is worthy of all the sales and all the cash apps. Okay, because he's gonna come. He his number, his phone gonna change. Uh, phone number gonna change every time you see him. You probably won't even know how to get in contact with him like, next time. But you are gonna have an amazing potato. Yeah, that he made at his apartment complex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at their little grill in front of the basketball goal. Absolutely, goals. but guess what? But guess what? <laughs> By the time he finished driving around for a few hours, he done made enough. He, he done made two months rent. How about that? How about that? I, I, I don't know about that. But um, what, I, what I am going to say is, like, even that, there's ways to work smarter mm-hmm. and not harder. The inconsistencies, especially in our black businesses, cause people to um, not trust other black businesses based off of experiences that they've had with one other black business. So so I actually would say, because I have wanted to touch on that for a second, I would say, um, do you think that that is mainly coming down to just the communication of black businesses usually? Whether it's in person, whether it's virtually, whether it's an email, whether it's I didn't get my tracking number on time, whether it like like just pretty much dropping the ball in areas of communication. Um, uh, for me, I, what I've witnessed is not just mistakes because I believe that you'll have a mistake. Oh man, mm-hmm. I missed the email. Yeah. I McDonald's sent makes this, mistakes all yeah, the time. Yeah, I should have sent the tracking number or whatever, or I need to refund. I forgot. Mm-hmm. It's been too long. Like you're gonna make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Expect to make mistakes. Actually, create a system for mistakes. That's why they have the return mm-hmm. department at Walmart strictly mm-hmm. because they already know mm-hmm. some of the stuff we're selling is not going to be good at all. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're working in produce, you're going to know in a week mm-hmm. these watermelons ain't good no more. Mm-hmm. I got to throw them away. Mm-hmm. There's an expectation to make the mistakes. So I think for black businesses, my experience has been there's a sense of pride that just because I'm black, you need to buy from me. Or, or or like my I always hear sometimes when I'm buying from a black business owner, like, you know, my brother, boss man, you know, mm-hmm. give me a little 20% mm-hmm. or, or, you know, towards me or they have an expectancy that I will understand that, you know, we got to stick together. And, you know, that's why I'm, you know, going to give you this deal. Is it giving inconsistency? Is it giving like I may give you this 20% off today? I, the next time you may come, this may be a totally different price. The next Next time you might come, I might not even remember you. Is it giving that kind of thing? What it's giving me is a lack of belief in what you're doing. Like, don't give me a discount because of my skin color or don't don't do anything special or uh, extraordinary that you wouldn't do for somebody else. Mm. Like, 
treat me as a regular customer. Give me the price you gave Joe or uh, George who walked up in mm-hmm. here because that's what you're worth. Mm-hmm. And I believe that our lack of belief and our lack of understanding our worth causes us to give those family discounts, to give those, uh, man, you my homie from third grade, you can have this 50% off, man. You you always been a real one. Mm-hmm. And you end up, yeah, selling potatoes, but you could really create a brand behind the butter or this recipe that you create. But see, I also feel like it's not just black businesses that, that evolve around or like revolve around that level of inconsistency because I mean I've gone to the nail shops and there clearly is a price list and this and that but let one thing come off as an inconvenience to the person who's doing my nails and she's trying to charge me extra ten dollars but it wasn't nowhere on the price list and I feel like sometimes I would lose my patience I would possibly lose my patience a little bit more if it was a black person um, um, who's like I'd be like oh so now we just you know we just doing random blah 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 but if it it is different when it's someone else. I feel like sometimes we tend to ha- have less tolerance uh-huh. when it comes to black business. Okay, so let me ask you this question. <laughs> I'm going to use your quote on you. Mm-hmm. If service is selling, what is selling? <laughs> service, yes. All yes. right, service is selling and selling is service. For sure. So there is no color to that except green. Mm-hmm. And you got to get it out your mind that you're just a black business. Or mm-hmm. when I go to his, a predominantly Hispanic uh, store, ain't no different special prices for the Hispanics. Uh, well, let me tell you this. I've definitely gone up to El Rio Grande. Um, yeah, I'm putting them out there. El Rio Grande. <laughs> um, and I've definitely tried to order myself a dozen tamales. There was nobody's price list. I said, how much is it for a dozen tamales? They sat up there. It was about four of them looking at one another, just talking to one another in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then they finally decided to give me a price. Because they didn't understand the language. They know. They Everybody understands money. <laughs> Every pr- okay, okay. It does not matter where you come from. I've gone okay. to African braiding shops. And let me tell they you know money. how $150 braids will go up to 300 real quick based off the texture of your hair, how many edges you got, how many edges you don't got. If you if your hair is it's one part inch of the too. Game. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's a game. It's a gamble almost. It's like, ooh, let's see how much we can get. And I understand the hustle of it. But, like, there's inconsistencies in everything business i'm not see inconsistency could be so broad Mm. so i'm gonna bring it to a lack of delivering what you say you deliver okay Mm -hmm. you say you sell tamales Mm -hmm. i walk up in there and you tell me like we walked into this previous store the other day or this this (laughs) place and we and the one of the one of the two things that they sell, they didn't sell a big chain, a big company. Mm-hmm. We walked in there and it's like, are you serious? Like, you guys don't have the number one thing I'm seeing on this side? Mm-hmm. And they had no problem with it. And had no problem talking about, like, yeah, you know, we don't have it. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like, this is remarkable. This is different. Mm-hmm. But I think delivering on what you say you do is important Mm -hmm. and you know it's okay because sometimes we might drop the ball Mm -hmm. but come back pick up the ball and say this is what i do and 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 all in all communication right that's it make it clear before i sit down in this chair and get my hair braided i need to know that because you don't like this one patch of my hair in the back that you want to charge me an extra hundred dollars do not get down to the last 14 braids and all of a sudden you have a change <laughs> you have a change in spirit because all of a sudden you saw how your your electricity bill was looking after the winter outage <laughs> like don't don't do that to me that's not fair and knowing that i'm stuck right knowing that i'm stuck and then also let me just get this out there too let me let get me get off this chest, off my man. chest all right so i am I'm a person, I I believe that I'm easy to get along with. I would like to believe that. Mm. And I would <laughs> I would also mm. like to believe that um, <laughs> whenever I'm somewhere, no matter where I am, if I'm getting my nails did, if I'm trying to get my hair did, if I am at home goods trying to buy pillows and I have a question, I just believe that instead of assuming that there's a tone behind the question that I'm asking um, as a woman of color, you know, like, hey, um, is on on the sign it says these pillows are twelve ninety nine. Um, I, 
why are they ringing out to 1999 that to me is not a question that is coming from a place of an of attempting to intimidate the person who is scanning my thing or trying to 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 scam that person or trying to get off easy it's just and a question. it is literally a question it's literally a question and what i have realized is that sometimes you could pipe up and and ask a question because you're trying to gain clarity not because you're trying to get over on somebody and as a black woman this has just been my experience because that's what i am mm-hmm. i have been like looked at like uh, 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 or like I'm getting my nails done. It's like no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And or and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm I I'm don't, just asking questions. I'm literally asking a question. Like I'm not asking it for any particular reason to give anybody a hard time. I'm really trying to get in here, but, but you know pay why? And get out. But you know why? That's mm-hmm. the reception. Is because they normally don't get those questions, mm-hmm. or they don't normally don't get asked, um, or or, or don't get people questioning why they do what they do Mm -hmm. people usually just go along to get along Mm -hmm. going along to get along has cost a lot of people a lot of money Mm -hmm. if you look at your account those uh uh, negative fees that's going along to get along (laughs) if you're not asking where it came from and what purchase or can i get half of it back whatever you got to do if if you are in that predicament like you need to ask I think we need to practice across the board, big business, small business, corporations, um, just, you know, I don't care where you are in business. I don't care if you got, you know, three products in inventory. I don't care if you are Amazon. I think that understanding effective communication is just, it's is just going to, I mean, aside from just money, I know people think business money, but I think it is just going to just set you apart and it should not be like, applaudable that you are um exercising um effective communication with your customers but i am just saying like you're supposed to do that you know like to get an email and be like i think she's mad it's an email it's an email you know there's no emotion that needs to be attached exactly they want to answer to a question right Um, because karen to the left of me is asking why she getting charged extra five dollars because she wanted one nail blue (laughs) and that's being like she's getting her hands patted on this is really on your heart i'm just saying (laughs) i am literally just saying i am not trying to make this a civil rights this is not a civil rights issue to me it's not but i am just saying i peep I'm saying I peep. It's about to be Easter and I peep. Hey, let me ask you a question, Patrice. What? Why can't you take your services somewhere else? I can. And I think that's how you solve your problem. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes we get so afraid of taking your services elsewhere because of the loyalty that you may have gained or the familiarity. Or just the convenience. And the convenience of the thing. My nail shop is around the corner from my house. But guess what? You could go to somewhere where they provide all the services and you don't have to pay an extra fee for something that you don't know where it's going towards. Mm -hmm. And still feel better, but you went two miles away from your house. That's fine. So I think I think that could be a learning lesson of like you don't have to give money to where you don't believe in. Right. Or who you don't believe in. Mm-hmm. Give money to uh, who's going to complete your service and get to the deadline. And also, I think if you are on that receiving end of those questions, please do not misread someone or or just, you know, feel. It, I, honestly, we talked about this earlier, Tweety. If you don't know, you just don't know. Like if you're like, or you can ask about it. Yeah, if you're like, hey, I don't know why we charge twenty extra dollars because you wanted uh, extra this or or your nails are just a little bit longer. I don't know why we do that. Let me figure that out for you instead of just freezing up and because that makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable that you believe I'm trying to make you uncomfortable. So that's what I'm saying. But um, anyway, w- moving on. Um, uh, before we do, actually, I want to shout out to uh, our, uh, our other baby, uh, Renown.tech. You can find us for any consultation services on business, on uh, website creation, on trying to scale your business. You can go to www.renown.tech, R-E-K-N-O-W-N.T-E-C-H. All right. So we're going to go ahead and move on to, I just have a question for the people. Do you want a revolution? Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> All right, so y'all, if you have anybody's social media, I do believe that the elders of social media have even come across this. And it was good brother, Fra- uh, brother Franklin, good Deacon Franklin, um, who set up and um, there's so many opinions awry about it. So anyway, earlier in the week, it came out that... Um, Kirk Franklin has an alleged son who's 33 from he, that he had when he was like it's a teenager. It's not alleged. It's his son. Well, okay. The story started off saying alleged. An mm-hmm. alleged son. All right. It wasn't true or whatever. Nobody was really like giving any any answer to it. Nobody's really paying any attention to it at first. This is how the story began. And then a couple of days go by and then um, said alleged son, uh, I think his name's Carrion or something like that. He recorded a um, snippet of a very passionate conversation had between him and his alleged father who after hearing it we know that he's somebody daddy um pretty much Kurt Franklin is going off he's cussing he's saying you know all the black parent things that you say to a child um that is has stepped out of line you know he's saying you know boy don't you play with me I do this I do that blah 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 all right so all of of uh the you know all of the what should i call the community the community (laughs) Um, yes you know the The black church community right right right. all of the saints to be pacific um have have taken have ran amok and have all of the opinions in the world because hey it's not a lot going on out there we kind of need something to talk about i guess and um, they're like, you know, there's a group of people who are like, man, Kirk Franklin, like, I get it. Like, bet not no child of mine ever, ever say, say anything to me and do all of this other stuff. Even though they don't know what he said. Or why he said it. Um, and then there's another brand of people who are like, what? <laughs> you know, who are like, why did that even happen? Kirk Franklin then issues an apology, quickly, might I add, um, saying, you know, it was out of character, he's human, this and that, you know, forgive him, he's, he's, he's you know, he's not perfect, um, and that he is working on um, trying to settle this private family matter, it was a private family matter, it was not meant to go public, obviously, um, and that there was a mediator at that time who was trying to talk amongst them both, but that was not shared, and that's pretty much it. Do you want a revolution? Woot, woot. Okay. So I'll take it from there. I um, I did hear the clip and did see, um, you know, um, kind of both sides of the story. Um, uh, well, we found out that it's not alleged. That's his son. Yes. Um, and, you know, obviously that's his father. And there were some passionate conversations that were being held. Um, I am not a father of uh, a teenager. You know, I'm a father to be. So I don't. Thirty-three is not teenage. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> Let me clarify. Oh, okay, I'm not a father of a teenage father. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a father of a teenage son. I'm not a father of a grown man. Um, but I do believe that your seed is your seed. Um, what I mean by that is that whether people want to admit it or not, that is an extension of his father, mm. um, and. When he looks bad, his father looks bad. Mm-hmm. And when the father looks bad, the son looks bad. Yeah. And this is an opportunity for people to actually mind their business. One. And two, be in prayer. And th- uh, I'll, I'll say thirdly, mm-hmm. like the church members would. Thirdly, realize that when we idolize um, Christian influences, we really don't know what kind of battles they're going through. Absolutely. So you put them on pedestals to where you get surprised that they fall mm, mm-hmm. or that they make mistakes. That was an example of it to where this caused somebody to lose their faith. Whether we want to believe it or not, yes. it caused somebody, somebody out, out there, there. Yeah. to be like, I I cried to your song. Like, mm-hmm. I got saved to your song. Yeah. But now, I'm, I'm doubting whether you are practicing what you're preaching, bro. Right. You know, based on what came out, whether it was private or not, and it was supposed to stay there, it shouldn't have happened. Right. You know, like, I don't believe that we should talk to our children like that. You know, like, I wasn't raised in a uh, a household where I was called out of my name or I called my parents out of my name. Right. Um, but that's just where, how I was raised. Mm-hmm. I know that black culture is different to where 
You know, some people may have been cussed at. Some people mm-hmm. may have been caught out their name, and that was a norm. Mm-hmm. But just because something is normal doesn't mean it's right. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, that is a lot of the response. The, a lot, a lot of the response is, "I got cussed out too." So what's the problem? You know, it's not. And so I think what people are tending to do is not looking at it like Kirk Franklin as Kirk Franklin, but Kirk Franklin, the parent. And they're saying like, look, if I step to my dad or my mom, no matter the age I am, and I step to them as if they were a peer, it would sound just like that is what they're saying. Um, And I I hear that and I, I... can relate to that in some ways. Um, I don't agree that anybody should be getting cussed out uh, because, I mean, the way we, you know, we practice communication is like, hey, if we are, especially if this is my grown child, uh, but it, even even more, especially if it's a it's a kid, kid, right? That we should be practicing, you know, effective communication with this person. Um, given the timeline of the story. I'm kind of looking at it a little differently because it was alleged at first. At first it was, you know, hey, the sun kind of came out of nowhere or maybe not out of nowhere to the, the Franklin family, but maybe more so out of nowhere to the public and saying that Kirk Franklin's his dad. Oh, Kirk Franklin's People not responding. Been knowing that. Well, yeah, but but maybe it was more publicized this time. Well, he's on the 2006 album, you know, doing a spoken word. Like, people knew he had a son. Oh, okay. It's not nothing new. It's just the fact that, oh, that's where he been. Oh, wow, he grown now. He grown, grown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could tell there's definitely manipulation on the son's end. Mm-hmm. And you could definitely tell that there's frustration and anger on the father's end. Right. But there has to be a cooler head out of the two. Yeah. And there has to be somebody who understands forgiveness. Right. And th- that apology was not issued to the son. No, not at all. And even, not at all. That was on behalf of his of, of, <laughs> of him, his figure. His brand. His public figure. Yeah. And if anything, it helped his figure. Like, it, whatever the son thought it would do. Yeah. It actually backfired. It completely diminished whatever he was trying to do. But there's no winner. Like, that's what I'm surprised with people. It's like, this is a lose-lose situation. There's no winner in this because that's yet still his son. You know, um, it blesses me whenever I see people I know and even have experiences in my own life of reunification with family. Um, Because especially, you know, when it's led through, like... um, Christ-centered conflict resolution. Like, that blesses me. And so, uh, Tweety and I were talking earlier about, like, everybody, yet again, is looking at the church. Like, so what are y'all going to do? Here y'all are, and here's the situation. And not that this situation is anything that anybody can do anything about, because it's not our personal family, but things like this happen in our families all the time. They just don't get recorded. They just don't get put on blast on Instagram and whatever. But, like, I mean, what do we do about that? How are we handling conflict resolution in our families? How are we bringing family members back to Christ, young or old? You know, how are we doing that? I believe that this is a classic case of dropping the ball as a as a church because the majority is basically basically saying, "Well, we are human." Mm-hmm. Well, last time I checked, <laughs> we are a new creature mm-hmm. in Christ. Right. That when he um, he died for our sins on the cross, he gave us some some tools to overcome our flesh, overcome our sins, mm-hmm. so that we're we're aiming to be perfect in Christ, mm-hmm. not perfect in Tweety's body, but yeah, perfect. Perfect for people. Not, perf- not perfect for people, but perfect in Christ. So if our excuse is, oh, my flesh is in the way, we're using that excuse because we want it to be in the way. Mm-hmm. So we can use that excuse. Right. My flesh is making me sin. Right. Or, you know, this is just part of being a parent. Well, I could say that, you know, that's not everybody's experience as a child. That is true. That is that's not true. everybody's experience of being talked to or or talking to their parent but unfortunately it's a lot of people's experience which still yet goes back to my point at the beginning does not make it right Mm -hmm. we've made wrong right and right wrong for sure and so and and, you know i I asked you know and i I challenged the christian community on this is what does the story of the prodigal son Mm. say about this matter you know in the, in the story of the prodigal son, we talked about it earlier, it talks about the father giving the son the inheritance because the son wants the inheritance. Mm-hmm. And the son goes and, you know, squanders it away and comes back with nothing. Didn't come back with anything. Right. 
Right. But what was the first thing the father did? The father ran to the son. Right. Right. And we could use that, you know, we're going to cut it short right there, but we could use that story. You could go and read it yourself. But we could use that as an example of what needs to happen in this story. Right. We have no heaven or hell to put Kirk Franklin in. Or the son. Oh, yeah. Or the son. Um, and I definitely praying for their family and praying for all of our families um, because we all know if we really take our eyes off them. <laughs> and look at some of the and stuff that's happening I mean, in our own families. you know, looking at some of the elephants in the room that we've allowed to exist for too long and looking at some of those moments um, that we have shared with family members um, or there's been angst and there's mm-hmm. been tension and there's been conflict and there's been this and there's been that. I mean, like when we really take our eyes off of the Franklins and we look at what everybody else is doing, we got some stuff to work on for ourselves. We got some opinion pieces that we can write on about our own families and our and honestly our own um input in it i believe that you know when we take our, our when we take our focus off of what other people are doing when we start understanding what true forgiveness is we realize that it heals yeah man so y'all take this as a um as a <laughs> As an encouraging word, uh, because this is not about the Franklins. This no. is not about any. I honestly hate that their family has to be on display like that, and they have to Answer. deal with private issues out loud. Because I was wrong as right, well. Right, right, right. Yeah, they have to deal with things that they already were trying to deal with, or hopefully were trying to deal with and answer the public as well as fix their own internal issues. I think that um, we really need to pray for people who are in the spotlight and have that kind of platform and also are having having the heart to even uh, make music, you know, to, to bring people together and things like that. I think we really do need to be praying. I don't think it makes him any less of a God-fearing no. man, um, regardless of what your feelings are about Kirk Franklin. I know some people have some very strong feelings about him and his music and what he does and how he looks and what kind of shoes he wears. Anyway, I mean, that ain't going to get you into heaven and that ain't whatever. But what I am saying is just pray for him. Amen. And pray for your family too. All right, y'all, we're going to go ahead and move on to the relationship conversation. I feel like we need like salsa music as we go into this section. Okay, we got that. We have salsa music. We got that. All right, so listen, we are talking about the starting value of a person. All Mm. right, so we are talking about, um, have you ever been to a car lot and you like, man, I think I want that car over there. And they start telling you like the starting value. And then, you know, then they open up the Kelly Blue Book and you see how many miles it got on how many accidents it's been in how many owners it got how many this how many that and then all of a sudden you're like man this car is not worth whatever you're telling me it's worth it's actually worth half of that I'm gonna need this for half or I don't want it at all or you take it for a test drive Mm -hmm. and you you keep it for a couple of days maybe the weekend Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh man it was good for that first day second day I'm done with it yeah so let's talk about just how the dating cycle is happening right now and how people are um, valuing a person based off of the things they have so the starting value of a person we're talking about stuff like kids we're talking about stuff like age we're talking about stuff like stability Uh, we're talking about all this kind of stuff and how it varies by gender yes so um the the inspiration i guess for this is um definitely been seeing a lot of conversation based off of black based uh, on black twitter um just about people talking about why they date high value men or high value women and their own definition of what that is if you have x amount of kids and you're a woman you are devalued immediately because you are you have seeds from another man and that man is still in the picture so on and so forth this is what the world says it's not what Tweety and Patrice believe mm-hmm. this is what we saw and we're, we just wanted to um touch bases and show you how incorrect everything is because I don't I don't believe that God designed us to be um valuing and devaluing who we are because he created us to be different you know, some so some people may come with that, you know, package of, you know what, this son, he might not be my biological son, but this is still my son. You right, know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. You were still meant to be his father. And shout out to the people that don't mind stepping up to be bonus moms and dads. I think that's awesome um, to love a person and love the person that they created. I think that's really dope. Um, so what I would like to say is 
what I would like to say is, um, man, I think that we tend to be so much tougher on women. Yes. Um, when it comes to um, their starting value of a woman, is we we consider a woman too old or too young. Men could be at whatever age, you know, seventy. Men, men can do whatever they want and be however they want. Be somebody's papa and somebody's <laughs> sugar daddy all at the same time. Not um, papa. Yeah, and, and and be regarded as you know something so much higher. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. But a woman, you know, oh, she's this old and she, we, first of all, if a woman is like 34, 35, 36, 37, it's like, oh, she don't got kids. What's wrong with her? And then if she does have kids, it's like, how many? And then if she does have kids, how many baby daddies? Oh, and then if she was married before, it's, and then if it, if she wasn't married before, she'd never been married, but she just got kids. Somewhere. It's like, wait, wait. So you just doing, I mean, like it, it like women get seriously buried under the microscope um, and and instantly devalued by people um, who see those things as as disturbances in their life. The reason why for that um, is that the responsibility of raising a child falls heavier in this society on the woman than it does the man. Mm -hmm. I believe if the same responsibility was handed to a man, Mm -hmm. they would actually not be out creating 10, 10 kids. So society says, if you have, if you're, let's say baby daddy, we could put you on child support. You know, that's the extent of what, so it's showing them that all you got to do is provide. Then the society is also giving them incentives as black, you know, women or women of minority. Um, Hey, if you don't have a man in your household, we can assist you. Like, you don't need a man in order to survive. We'll give you food stamps. We'll Mm -hmm. give you this. Just as long as there is no man in the house. I mean, let's even stop, you know, even take away the dependence. If we talk about just a woman who is like, maybe she's single, maybe she does not have any children at all, but maybe she's married to her career. It seems like, oh, that's intimidating. But then if she ain't got nothing going, then it's like, oh, she lazy. And there's nothing in between. There's no appreciation for, for either woman. There's... I think that for so long, um, it's just been looked at like women are this, women are that. You're either like broken or you're able to be the. I mean, mean, it's really tough for women right now. It is. This is why, in order to be in a successful relationship, especially in this society, what what the world is telling women is that you have to be test driven in order to pass the test. It's okay to have premarital sex. That's how he knows that you are a keeper. It's okay to move in with him because that's how you know how you guys will be compatible. Mm-hmm. There, you're being put in these um, these situations um, that are not fruitful towards your future. In the past, women had to be sought after. Mm-hmm. You had to go to the mom's house. You had to go buy flowers. Mm-hmm. You had to go put in some effort to even get to know the woman. Right, right. So when you get her, you, there's a level of cherishing of like, nah, I ain't, let, I ain't letting her go. Like, this mine. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we were watching, like, I think it was a Temptations or Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Joe was like, you know really out here <laughs> in, in the movie. Joe was in these streets. Yeah, Joe was in the streets, but like he, when he decided to put on a full court press for, you know... For Kathy. For Kathy, he was putting on a full court press. He's pulling up on her. She's walking. He's dropping flowers. He's You know, there was a level of effort mm. being put mm. in the past that is not being put now. Yeah. Right now, man, a bottle of Ciroc and some gold grills to get you... <laughs> Get you places that that you know are unfathomable in this generation. Mm. That's what is considered like the okay. Yeah, a good date. Yeah, is considered. You know how many courting dates people had to go through yeah. in the past to even get to marriage talk. I think the issue, and I I even saw a lot of it in myself as a younger woman, um, or just a girl rather, is like we teach girls oftentimes. 
um, not to see themselves, but to see and to hear what other people say about them. Mm. You know, so for so long, you know, we get told or, you know, you tell your girl, you tell your daughter, oh, my gosh, you're so pretty. You're so beautiful. You're, you're so this. You're so that. And you're doing it with the intention of building up her self-esteem. You're doing right, it with right. the intention of building up her self-image. And then what happens as a result of that is that she um, kind of gets used to hearing it. You know what I'm saying? You're not telling her to tell herself that. You're just telling her that. You're so beautiful. You're so this. You're so that. Yes, she should hear that. But she also should be hearing. She should be learning how to tell herself that. Because what she's going to constantly do is wait to hear it from somebody else. Right. You know? And so what ends up happening is a lot of girls can probably confess to at some point being in a relationship with somebody or being involved with somebody who they just ended up with because that person wanted them or that person pursued them or that person was like, you pretty and you know, whatever. And so we don't teach young women to see themselves. We teach them to, to pretty much be adored by someone else. I agree. I agree. So is there ever a devalued man? Like, I think we can obviously cancel the ones who have no job, but even them, they still have value. They have an unbreakable spirit. (laughs) Honestly, like the bums of the world have an unbreakable spirit. They always find somewhere to be, somewhere to go, somewhere to sleep, something to eat. So help me understand that. Is there a such thing as a devalued man? (sighs) They got to be worth some to somebody. No, because I think we have put the worth of a woman into a man's hands for so long. We really I have. Think, I think that's the right I answer. I mean, yeah. when, when Trick Daddy is telling the young ladies on the Love and Hip Hop show <laughs> that y'all don't love yourself, and it's Trick Daddy, like it's just like I'm just like, how, how? When did you find the space, the time, and the room to tell people about how they don't love themselves? When did you do that? He's making and, an observation. But 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 and, and he might not be wrong. But what I'm saying is like, why are you like? Why is it gospel when you say it? You know what I mean? I, I think that. The one thing that men can see in women is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think most men know how to read when a woman is when a woman is vulnerable. But can't read nothing else. Can't read. Nothing else. I, I didn't say nothing else. Just can't read. See, and that's that for so long tripped me out. Why so many men can do so many psychological like gymnastics, but like like just very basic things. Let me just, let me tell you why. When 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 a young boy turns around 11 or 12, mm. the first geared attention that other boy or the first lessons other boys are teaching themselves or being taught in their households is how to get you a little girlfriend. Mm-hmm. What you got to have on. Mm-hmm. What you say. Right. Oh, my, my, you know, my son got three girlfriends, you know, you yeah. know, there's a it's pride cute. element yeah. Yeah. that's being created in some of these mm-hmm. um, young boys that it doesn't go away when they get older. It stays with them. It grows with them. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have the proper, quote unquote, home training, you grow into understanding that women are just pawns mm-hmm. that you can manipulate with just being you mm-hmm. or recreating a version of you mm-hmm. that they will buy into. So men know what women like. It doesn't, you don't have to read to understand that. You know what I'm saying? Okay, she likes a good conversation. She likes to go out. If I have money in my pocket, it makes everything that much better. If I was ugly and I and now I have some money in my pocket, guess what? I just became cute overnight. If I'm cute and I have money, man, I am handsome. If I'm handsome and I got money in my pocket, guess what? I am the world's best thing. But see, the thing is, as much as women always want to be sought after, so so do men. So I I feel like really, yeah, men want to be sought after. Men want to be wanted. I I think men love to have options. I think that's the difference. Which women, would mean that they're wanted, right? Yes, but what I mean by options is that it's not necessarily, you know, a man can really turn down a woman because she pursues him too hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, you know, she's thirsty. She thirsty. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on. That's too much. Yeah. But they prefer the chase. They prefer the hunt. You know what I'm saying? 
So for them, it's more of a mindset of like, I got to I got to conquer that. Mm hmm. That's the mindset. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving away all this stuff. But that that's 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 what men's mentality is. Mm-hmm. And once they conquer it, they kind of get lazy with it. I'm like, I'm tired. Mm. Mm. Lion's going to lay down. Mm. Lion's out. Mm. And so, and I believe, especially in the dating phase, because I think that's where commitment is not had. A man who is committed to you, it's not about the hunt. It's not about the chase. But it's more about, you know what, I respect you, I love you, and I want you besides me, not behind me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then it's like, no, we hunt together. Mm-hmm. If you're limping, I'm I'm picking you up. If, if, you, if you up and I'm down, like, you know, I got you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the misconception that happens sometimes with a lot of, you know, women is that they look for men who are hunting, yeah. but they continue to hunt while you're with them. True, true, true. You're right. You're right. All righty, guys. So let's go ahead and move on to our final phase of the podcast, where we are giving you a little bit more than what you came here for. You thought that the bill was seventeen ninety nine, but it's really like twenty two fifty. Yeah, I got the stimmy now, so it's seventeen hundred. <laughs> All of y'all got the stimmy. So here's a penny for your thoughts and a dollar for your trouble on today. On. On today. Yes. All right, so adding tax is what we do when we want to just give you some free game, some wisdom, some love, some some thing we some things we've been thinking about, some things we've been doing, just something to keep you afloat for the week. And guess what? If it don't keep you afloat, maybe it'll keep somebody else afloat that you know. So you want to go first? Uh, mine's are simple, um, and I think we all, including the listeners, know these these things. But I think it's time to apply it. Mm. Why are you going to work? What are the things that you need from work? You need shelter. Mm-hmm. You need a roof over your head and you need something to eat. Um, there's different ways to provide yourself a plan to actually solidify those things before you're 60. Your job tells you 60 is the age, right? Mm-hmm. The world tells you, well, you can't accomplish that at 40. Who said? Right. You know, you can't do that at 30. You can't Mm -hmm. do that at 25. I'm seeing 20-year-olds do it. Mm -hmm. Like, the proof is in the pudding. If you put in the work, you can not retire, but you can, because I don't think there's a such thing as retire. That's what, it's a a dream being sold to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can build a legacy that you can hand back because you can't hand back your job to your child. They just gonna look at you. You can't even hand back a degree. Yeah, that's true. All you got is a good name, and you can do something about that right now. All right, y'all. My adding of tax on today, on today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you love using that, huh? On church vocab. On today, volume one. All right, is um, pride will keep you broke and broken. All right. Say that again. Pride will keep you broke and broken. I have lost a lot of money because of pride. I have lost a lot of opportunities because of pride. Mm. I have lost on um, just, just, I've lost that on a lot of healing. Learning experiences. Because of pride. Learning experiences because of pride. Because I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't know how to receive help. Still working on it. Um, And also, when pride also just creates a very skewed, um, vision of, of just life. So proud to keep you broken, broken. All right. If you're looking at your accounts, it, it, it's what, what did you say earlier about the overdraft fees and about all the minuses and all the Chick-fil-A visits and everything pride. All right, girl, go, go and get you, mm-hmm. you know, some chicken cutlets and go, and go deep fried in bad boys and put them in some pickle juice. Like, like, you know, make your own Chick-fil-A. You know what I'm saying? Like let's, let's let go of pride and actually see how much we grow and we flourish. All right. I love that. You know, as we're exiting, we definitely want to shout out, um, a young author, uh, Patrice's cousin. I'm gonna let you do, do the little quick intro. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, y'all. So um, I am going to go ahead and introduce him as an author first, and he happens to be my cousin, but he is an author. He's an amazing young man. His name is Michael Simmons. He has published his first book. It's called The Pain. It's a black man's poetic reflections on emotional pain and mental distress. He's touching on um, just using athletics as an outlet and then backdoor. Um, 
relevant, saying like, huh, this may have uh, made me deal with some issues, but I still have other issues to deal with. And he has just different poems and things like that. So y'all go cop the pain. It is out right now. On Amazon. On Amazon. As well as Barnes and Nobles. It's called The Pain by Michael Simmons. All right, y'all. We out. Y'all have an amazing day. Million Dollar Conversations. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.